Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. Common problem for WWE superstars. Like, they never know how to react to the lights going off. Like, Undertaker made a career out of that. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Why did no one who feuded with The Undertaker over all these years just bring a flashlight down to the room? <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Can you imagine that? Like, <laughs> shielding his eyes, like, hissing as he runs away or something? <laughs> like, some goth kid. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I'm your New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan, alongside of my tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this week, Newman? Oh, man. You know what? Um, actually, I had a, a quote that I wanted to share from you. One of my favorites so far from wrestling this year came out of Alexa Bliss's mouth on Raw this week, and I thought it was excellent. Well, what is that? And I think it, it incorporates a little bit of the spirit of our show sometimes. Uh-huh. She said, in real life, I am the real hero. <laughs> what a perfect heel. <laughs> that was good. Oh, so delicious. Man, Alexa Bliss is a rare talent. She is incredible with her character work. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, look at her from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like... No one thought anything of her. Like before she started managing, um, the Dubstep Cowboys. Yeah, uh, they. I think she was about to get fired. Right? Like, might maybe. I'm trying to remember if that was it was that bad or not. But yeah, she definitely was not doing well. I I think she said she, or at least she felt she was close to getting fired. Mm -hmm. So, and then just totally changed up her looks and stuff like that, and became the Alexa Bliss we know today. Yeah, and she's she's a Raw Women's Champion here yet again. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems like it like the, the it's basically just like a ticking clock right until her match with Rousey. Yes. It seems like. But which I like that they're like holding that off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like they're building towards that for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. That's a good stage for it. Like have it be a, a really big pay-per-view to crown Ronda Rousey. And it gives Rousey time to earn that shot, so to speak, right? She's not going to be the person that comes in at WrestleMania and then the next pay-per-view wins the title. Mm-hmm. So that'll give her time to... I mean, she's super over, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it gives it definitely gives her time where people can go, okay, Alexa Bliss had a, the decent title reign, and now Ronda's earned that shot. Mm-hmm. And also, you know what, now, too, with like if she's not expected to be on TV for the next like month or so, then she can take all that time just to keep training and get mm-hmm. better and not have to worry about traveling around as much, having to be in front of the cameras. You can just yes. work on that, which, I mean, she's already, like, damn good for, you know, just coming into the business, which, you know, it's like, I guess it's like, on some level, you can kind of expect that from somebody with the experience that she has, but at the same time, you could easily kind of see it working against her, right? Yes, it's a, it's a it's a coin flip on what kind of the person is going to be, right? Right. Um, so you, you at least have I'll, I'll give her that no matter what she was going to have the athletic background, which mm-hmm. is I think a huge step up from 
the days of old when you had the women come in that were just models. So like they had mm-hmm. no athletic ability sometimes. And yeah, or like the Kelly Kellys of the world, you know, yes. can't even run the ropes. Yeah. Whereas you have someone like Ronda Rousey, Le- well, Ronda Rousey, legit got punched in the face. So she's not going to be scared of ropes. Like, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, she definitely seems like she's not going to be afraid to like take a beating and put one out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just about refining that technique. But it seems like she's already like it. it is kind of incredible just to see how I mean, and yeah, I guess the criticism could be that she had a lot more time to rehearse that match. Instead of just, you know, having to do it, like, you know, match every day, in and out, in and out. But Yeah, guess what? I don't give a shit. It was a great match. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's it's something to be said, but at the same time, it's something to say that just, like, all right, well, then, basically, just, you know, we need to give her more time and just keep seeing how it goes, because, like, she's already doing well. Yeah. So just keep doing what she's doing and apply it over time, and she'll be there, I think. Yeah, it's the Paul Heyman theory of booking. Mm-hmm. Uh, promote your positives, hide your negatives. She's not going to be good if you put her out there uh, without preparing for a match, right? If you're just like, here, you have 20 minutes, go. Like, she doesn't have the experience. So mm-hmm. put her in matches where that it'll make sense. Right, like so far, you yeah, put her in the tag match, put her in a matchup with Nia that didn't go too long, but also yeah. too, like, it had the ability to go at a slower pace. Sure, she didn't have to, you know, it's not as much you had to worry about Yes, it wasn't going to be so fast that like Ronda would get messed up or anything like that. Right. Um, but and then you had the the ace in the pocket of Alexa cashing in. So say I think that was a, a very smart idea because say it wasn't going as well, the like the beginning part with Nia, right? Mm-hmm. You could just say screw it, throw in Alexa, like kind of abort early. Right. Exactly. You had that option to abort early if it wasn't going well. Hmm. But uh, speaking of things not going well in the women's division, um, what are your thoughts on the whole counseling segment we're going to be getting next week? This could go, this could go really bad or really good, right? Um, you, I mean, immediately as soon as so before SmackDown happened, um, immediately when they said counseling, I immediately thought I was like, Doctor Shelby has to be a part of it, and like within minutes later, he tweeted. Um, I pulled it up here. So WWE Universe tweeted, Counseling, at Real Kurt Angle, just said, at It's Bailey WWE is going to be mandatory counseling next week, or she's fired. Hashtag raw. Dr. Shelby immediately responds with, Does someone at WWE Universe need my help? Hashtag to the rescue. I mean, this guy is on it. And we were discussing before we were recording, I think WWE is usually good about that kind of stuff. We were mm-hmm. discussing... Uh, you brought up, they brought back Ellsworth at, at the right time. And I think this would be just another one of those right timings. Mm-hmm. And also, too, like, the the idea that if everybody knows that it's going to happen, I don't think really diminishes it that much if it's still just a good idea. Because, like, yes. look, almost everybody knew that Ellsworth was going to be there, or at least it seemed like a lot of people knew that Ellsworth was going to be the one there at Money in the Bank. Because, like, didn't he even get a chant of his name before he took off the mask? Probably. Um... But everybody was still fucking excited for it. Uh-huh. So if the Dr. Shelby segment is done well, if he's reintroduced here into the whole uh, Sasha Bailey segment and maybe also a cameo with Team Hell No, you know, people are going to fucking like it if it's, yes, you know. And that brings us into uh, another uh, event that happened this week. Uh, I was searching for words there. <laughs> um, we had the reunion of Team Hell No. What did you think of that? 
That was really fun. I mean, we were talking about like who should be Daniel Bryan's tag team partner for facing the mm-hmm. Bludgeon Brothers, but uh, you know, we really didn't pitch Kane because I figured at this point he was just too busy with uh, politics. Yeah, he still has his, his his general election is coming up. Like, <laughs> so like he still has another election to go through. Yes. Yes, he has only right now. He's won the primary, so he's mm-hmm. now the Republican candidate for mayor. Mm-hmm. And granted, I don't think they said like, um. If you compare the the vote counts for the Democrat versus the Republican primary in his district, mm-hmm. it's like thousands of people voted for the in the Republican one and like hundreds of people voted in the Democrat one. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. But it, it's Knox County, uh, Tennessee, right? I think. Right. Mm-hmm. So very conservative place. But I mean, he's st- it's still an election. Um. So. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, maybe he's only got a little bit of time here until he's going to be full time, like can't come work for WWE. So it's, maybe he's getting a last little hurrah in here. I think the you just said it and it clicked in my head. I think you're right. I think he they said, all right, before you most likely win your election. I mean, mm-hmm. knock on wood. I, I hope he wins. Um, uh, Let's give you one last fun run, right? Sure. Yeah, like, let's give him one last run. It Like, it, it wouldn't make sense to plug him into the world title picture, especially because everybody knows, like, that's never going to fucking happen anyway. Mm-hmm. And it would be a bad idea if it did. Yeah. So put him into something like this, a tag team where he's had a lot of fucking success. He's had, uh, what is it, like, north of 10 tag team title reigns with different, like, all sorts of different partners. Yeah. Um, I can I can look up the exact number, but yeah, it's definitely up there. And that was such a, it was a memorable and fun run. Like, I keep saying mm-hmm. fun, but, like, the fans loved that. They look back on that time very positively. Yeah, well, it was it was fucking awesome in of itself. And, you know, when you really look at the trajectory of Daniel Bryan, if he had not had that run in Team Hell No, you know, I, I don't really know if he would have been quite as popular as he got. You know, I, I think that... he still would have risen to a pretty good level of popularity, but, like, Team Hell No was really when he had that time to, like, simmer in being over and grow his popularity as a face. Because that was really the time when he transitioned from heel to face. Mm-hmm. It was the team held now. Uh, you were very close. So he held the WWF... I'm sorry. According to Wikipedia, he held the WWF slash WWE slash World Tag Team Championship nine times. And then the they just called the WWE by itself Tag Team Championship two times. Mm. So total of 11. Yeah, he's had a shitload of partners from, like, Undertaker in the uh, uh, Brothers of Destruction to, like, Big Mankind, Show. Mankind. Mankind. X-Pac. X-Pac. The Hurricane, Hurricane. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. Like, he's had a lot of, like, he's and been a very interesting tag team guy. Variable partners, right? When you go down that list, like, you have one of the greatest of all times in The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. All the way down to, like, The Hurricane, a very fun character. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's he's an interesting, versatile character. In you know, and I guess in some respect though, because of that, he will be missed. Because even yeah. even when he did weird shit like Corporate Kane, like Corporate Kane so far was way better than Constable Corbin. Yes. Well, it, it goes to I think it goes goes to Glenn Jacobs, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he was the one pulling it all off. He was given shit, and he made the best of it. That's true. Good point. Because. He he had his moments of being like this really scary, like 
he lit JR on fire. <laughs> like, I remember being, oh, God, that was when I was in, like, middle school. So I still, like, wasn't smart yet, kind mm-hmm. of, did the business. And I was just like, holy shit, he lit that man on fire. Like, <laughs> it's kind of funny, like, thinking back now. <laughs> but, like, and then to go from, like, I remember, how was it, the Spirit Squad? That were he, him and the Big Show were, like, in a feud with the Spirit Squad. And so the Spirit Squad locked Big Show in a closet and put a forklift in front of the door. And Kane's, like, they, they run away with the keys. So Kane's, like, just trying to push this forklift. He's, like, really trying to, like, get his, his tag team partner out of this closet. And then all of a sudden, Big Show just, like, walks around. <laughs> and, like, comes out. And Kane just looks at him and he goes, wait, how'd you get out? He's, like, there's another door. Like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious oh man like alright but then do you think because with all the success that Glenn Jacobs has had and then the success of Team Hell No and how that rubbed off over to Daniel Bryan is there any hope that Dr. Shelby and well hopefully Dr. Shelby in this counseling segment does this do any good for Sasha or Bailey I think if they do it right with Dr. Shelby yes because look what it did for Kane and Daniel Bryan mm-hmm um, the question is, I guess, and I'll throw it back to you. Do you see Sasha and Bailey being able to use, like, are they the caliber of Kane and Daniel Bryan, basically, that could use something like that and take it, take themselves to the next level? Well, the the thing that I would want to see come out of this, because they just played hot and cold with these two for so fucking long. And there's, if they think about it, there actually is, like, a legitimate good reason for them to kind of be mad at each other, I guess, and want to, at least for the time being, kind of split off from being friends. And maybe it's one of those things where, down the line, they'd reunite or something, but for the time being, it makes sense for them to kind of split up a little bit. And I would hope that maybe they could use Dr. Shelby and do this segment a little bit of justice and explore the reasoning for this feud. And maybe it ends up with them not as a tag team, but actually just fully breaking up. And then we go to like an extreme rules match. Yeah, um, that could be the way you go with it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, the last time Dr. Shelby did something, he created this great tag team, mm-hmm. right? And now this time, his counseling has actually caused one of the greatest feuds, maybe. Like, yeah. Yeah, actually, it'd be funny too, because like he could come in and say, it's like, hey, we know what? I've come in and I've, I've done this before. I helped people patch up their differences. And those, those people hated each other, they were enemies. You two, you two are friends, so this should be easy. And then he totally fucks it up, and then they <laughs> hate each other even more. Yeah, because that, like, that could be. At this point, from those two characters' perspective, like, what, in your opinion, would be the reason that they're feuding? Like, what is this feud about? Hmm. I guess it's. It's mainly from Sasha's perspective, right? I guess of... Well, I guess here's here's Sasha's perspective is mm-hmm. I was the bigger star. You came in and you're trying to steal my spotlight kind of a thing. Because she was on Raw first and then she brought Bailey in as her tag team partner. So, like, I helped you out. So, Bailey's then just trying to take... From her perspective, it's her just trying to take her rightful place that she feels, like, on mm-hmm. this roster. And Sasha's getting in her way. Or that Bailey's getting Sasha's way? From Bailey's perspective, that, like, she's just trying... Bailey's like, I'm just trying to be me, and mm-hmm. you're you're keeping me down, Sasha. Like, 
I think it's a little bit of that. I, th- I think also from Bailey's perspective, another part of it too, is that she is mad that Sasha doesn't view her as an equal. Like, because Sasha definitely views herself as more as superior to Bailey, And you can look at that, like, purely even from the numbers, too, right? Because Sasha's, like, what, a four-time women's champion, and Bailey I think, is one time? Yes. Did Wait, did Bailey win it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did. They they took it. They had her win it from Charlotte way too early. And then oh, Bailey right. retained it at WrestleMania instead of winning it at WrestleMania, which was stupid. I Ugh. totally forgot about that. Yeah, Shit. one time... Raw Women's Championship. And then she dropped it to Alexa Bliss in that fucking awful kendo stick match. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm forgetting that the title was involved in that. Yeah. yeah. Bailey got so fucking screwed. Yeah, and you were... Oh, you were dead on for Sasha. Four-time champ. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like it could be kind of like, yeah, Sasha's fed up with Bailey because it's like, you keep costing me victories, and I want to, you know, go on to be keep being Women's Champion but you're holding me back. And then Bailey's like, hey, fuck you, I'm not holding you back. I'm just as good of you. You know, maybe they should even delve into their NXT and bring up the fact, or their NXT history, and bring up mm-hmm. the fact that, hey, you know what? I beat you, remember? Like, remember how you lost your NXT women's title, Sasha? I would like to see them bring up Sasha's feud with Charlotte, right? Because that mm-hmm. that's why she's a four-time champ was... Her and Charlotte kept trading it back because, was it Sasha kept winning it on Raw, but mm-hmm. would lose it on pay-per-views? Yep. I think, like, Charlotte always won the pay-per-view matches. Yeah, because so Charlotte maybe, was the pay-per-view streak queen. Yes. So to have Bailey bring up that, like, hey, even before I got here, you had trouble staying champion. So. True. That'd be another good criticism. See, this is the direction it should go, right? It's yeah. just further developing their feud and showing why they both hate each other. And it's a, it's an understandable feud as that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's had that friend that gets more success from them, and you go, hey, what's what's going on here? Like, <laughs> I've been here longer, or I've worked mm-hmm. on this harder, like, that kind of stuff. Everyone can relate to that at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. And actually, too, like, it's it's if they do it right, both characters have an interesting enough gripe with one another that it's actually like both characters are right, quote unquote, in their own kind of way, right? And then, yes. like, Sasha doesn't want to have to carry Bailey, but then Bailey wants recognition for what she has done. And that, mm-hmm. you know, she's not just some weakling loser. Mm-hmm. But we'll see where they, where they go with that. But in. Who do you think is going to be the heel coming out of this? Because, like, clearly, in some respect, like, Bailey was supposed to be the heel, right, at this point. Because, like, she just attacked Sasha for seemingly just having lost the match. But at the same time, like, the crowd just fucking cheered her for it. So, yeah, do you I think, think it's they stick to their guns, or do you think they switch? I I think they should switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling, I have this feeling in my gut that they're going to have Bailey turn heel in these therapy sessions. Hmm. Like... You would think that it's good. This is Bailey's like perfect dream, right? Like Dr. Shelby's all about hugs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that they're going to have Bailey go down the opposite pathway. <gasps> but going, I think, the, yeah, but I think you're going to have the crowd cheer her for that, like you just saw. Yeah, totally. Because, yeah, if, if they let her lean into that darkness a little bit, then I think she's totally going to get cheered. 
yeah. which is good, right? Like, I think they That's should. That's what the crowd it, right? wants. Like, let Bailey be the babyface. Let her go a little bit darker. And then let Sasha be the heel here. Mm-hmm. Like, let her be a little bit of a bitch. Like, that's that was always the best Sasha Banks, right? Was when she was really a vicious heel. Mm-hmm. And, well, the, when you were talking about Dr. Shelby, it gave me an idea. And I guess you could go this one of two different ways. What would you think about Dr. Shelby managing Bailey for a little bit? Because you could go two different ways with this. One, if he's, like, helping her tap into her inner darkness a little bit. Kind of like the, I'm going to help you confront your shadow sort of thing then maybe it's like a positive thing and she gets to be a baby face and just a little bit darker or she could or he could like shield her in this like little safe space bubble and it's like oh little bailey i don't want anybody to hurt you like come and talk to me about your feelings and don't let those bad girls hurt you in those matches like then maybe she could be like this weird heel Mm -hmm. i don't know what do you think about something like that i think that would definitely help bailey right I think either way, right? Because then she'd be probably getting like a much stronger, clear reaction, and it's an evolution of the character. Mm-hmm. Because either she like learns from this experience and grows, or she gets like broken by this experience. I'm trying to find. Uh, Sasha had like a tweet about basically like kind of shitting on Bailey, uh, and it, it really it sounded like they were kind of going down the Sasha heel pathway with that tweet. That's like, that's the other aspect of this too. Sasha is a fucking heel. Yes. The crowd is so ready to boo her. Like I'm I'm scrolling through her timeline and like so she she tweeted out one of her flights must have gotten canceled for her travel and she goes, "Bailey got my flight canceled to WWE Rapid City. So sorry to all my fans. I was going to put on a five-star main event." <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's such a heel thing to do. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. Like, yeah, she's see, she's such a natural heel. And that's not even to say that, like, she's a bad person. Like, because I think that's, if I can read into the situation a little bit, just based on what I feel like I've seen of Sasha's reactions to things. Like, she seems to be concerned with the idea that people can't separate her, people appreciating her being a good heel and people hating her and thinking that she's a bad person. Yes, which is a huge problem with, like, the wrestlers nowadays. Right. Is they're afraid of the heat. Yeah, it's like, look, how many, how many at this point, especially now at this point, how many fucking wrestling fans actually hate the Miz? Very, very few. And he's been leaning harder and better into his heel work in the last couple of years than he ever has. People like him now better because he's being a better heel. Yeah, and not I mean, not in they like still, the ironic they... way that every once in a while they cheer him ironically, but like a lot of times he does get booze. Yes. Because he's doing his job. Mm-hmm. You know, people fucking hated him when he just sucked at his job. Yeah. You know, so with Sasha, too, I think people would actually That's love her again more if she leaned into being a heel and did that better. Yeah. That's a good point that I want to go back to. You just said about, like, people hated him um, for being crappy at his job. Mm-hmm. Do you think wrestlers are confusing, like, the regular good heat that you want to get as a heel... Are they confusing that with the go-away heat? I think so, to an extent. And it's also probably part of the problem is that it's sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah. Especially when, like, you know, this is something that we're not totally keen to, but imagine all of the perspective that's going on. We're, we're trying to discern whether somebody is getting genuine heat versus go-away heat. And then you're also getting fed a lot of lines from a guy like Vince McMahon. 
he was probably seeing things very differently. And then you have to start thinking, like, well, do I trust what I think or do I trust what Vince thinks? Because, like, if you're going out there and maybe you're getting booed and maybe it is actually go-away heat, but, like, Vince thinks it's actual heel heat and he keeps telling you to do the thing that's getting you, quote-unquote, heel heat in his eyes, but it's actually just getting you go-away heat. You know, I don't know. It's a tricky situation, I would think. Yeah. And then even from town to town, I guess that's the other part of the problem too, right? It's like, because depending on what you do and where you do it, you might get genuine heel heat in one area and then another area doesn't give a shit about what you're doing. And then if they're booing you, it's just because they're bored. Yeah, it's, it's tough to decipher. Yeah. But I guess... I don't know. It's like I, I think that the crowd does really react differently, though. And I'll, you know what? I'm going to stick to this. I've got a point. When the crowd really boos, they just boo. But when people are just fed up with whoever's out there and don't want to deal with their shit, that's when they start chanting other things. That's when they start bringing out the beach balls. Like, people start doing other shit when they're bored. That's the go-away heat. When people start chanting CM Punk, it's not because you're a good heel. It's because they're bored and they don't want to see what you're doing. But that's that's a really yeah. That's a good like description. Like people are chanting boring because like yeah, when Roman that's that's you want know all the different times when like every once in a while Roman will say this or Triple H will say this. It's like when people oh people levy their criticism and say like where Roman should turn heel. They're like, well, isn't he already a heel? And their idea is like, oh, because a certain portion of the audience boos him, therefore he's a heel. And it's like, but no, like they're, they're giving him this like go away heat because they chant boring during his promos and during his matches, they stand up and fucking leave. Like they don't just boo. Like every once in a while when he does slip in like good heel moments, Mm -hmm. they actually boo, which is then it's like, oh, okay. They're responding appropriately. (laughs) But yeah, I think, I think that's the difference. And I think they need to pay more attention to that difference. What do you think? I I think you're absolutely right. Um, it is tough to decipher, but I think you have to you have to at least try to figure out like what the audience is meaning, mm-hmm. because if you do go too far in the direction of like, oh, we think it's go away heat, um, and you're wrong, like. That could have like damaging effects to the character. Mm-hmm. Very so. true. Yeah, if you get this stuff wrong, it really affects the characters in the show. Like, look at what the, what's happening with Roman right now. Yeah, I mean, what like what's just still constantly happening with Roman? It's the the eternal Roman Reigns situation. Although honestly, at this point, like with how long it's been going on. I, like, I don't even know if they ever could, like, truly just, like, I think they have to turn him heel first. Like, there's going to never be an option. Like, no matter what they do, no matter how, how cool they make him be, how many times they make him help Seth Rollins, like, people are not going to cheer him by himself until he's gone through a phase of being a heel and becomes cool through that. Mm-hmm. Like, because he was just shoved so hard down our throats. And, like, now they're trying to do this whole thing with, like, Brock Lesnar's contract as, like, another desperate attempt to be like, well, hey, at least he's gonna be here. 
Brock Lesnar's not even going to be here defending the title. It's like, <sighs> that's your bottom line for a babyface? He shows up? That is so fucking weak. Then everyone's a babyface. You know what's fucking funny? How much they hate participation badges? And that's their philosophy for building their babyface. Their top babyface. Is he shows up. He oh good. Up. Oh good. You're him... doing your job. Thanks. <laughs> he showed up. Let's give him a trophy. Literally, let's give him a fucking title belt. Oh my god. I'm gonna walk into work on Monday and go, Hey boss, do I do I get an award for showing up and doing my job? He's like, No, why the fuck should you get that? Well hey, well Brock Lesnar didn't show up. <laughs> um Dick, who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Brock Lesnar work for this company? <laughs> oh, he doesn't? My bad. Oh, my bad. Alright, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... And then I, there's fucking rumors now that he, apparently he's not going to appear at SummerSlam. You think this is just a work for the story? Oh, uh, I think it's totally a work. Um, the fact that they had uh, Paul Heyman like tweet something out about the, the situation, I totally think that's a, uh, a work. Mm-hmm. Like, Paul rarely... Like, when... When you heard the rumors of the actual contract talks going on, Paul never said anything. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes me lean towards that. It, it's totally a work. Yeah. So if their plan is it's like, all right, we're going to start building this story that Brock Lesnar is going to just try and leave and not even defend the title. So then the the Samoan hero, Roman Reigns, is going to stand up on behalf of WWE and fight Brock Lesnar. And win the title and bring it back home for everybody. Because he showed um, up to work. The last time they did that, the heel won and the <laughs> crowd was super happy with it. Yeah, oh my gosh. Like, it was funny. I was reading an article about the fact that, like, all right, the stadium that they're planning to have this match in is, like, an indoor place. And it's like, you know, they really better watch out because if everybody boos this one, it's going to be even louder. Because it's just going to reflect back down in from the indoor ceiling. Because <laughs> at least at WrestleMania, this shit got drowned out from going out into the open open air. Yeah. But this time, there's going to be you no escape. You can't hide it. <laughs> you can't hide this shit, man. Ugh. Um, speaking of main events, though, the main you know event... Do you think Braun Strowman's going to save us all? I hope so. I hope so too. They can't do another just plain old Roman and Brock match. They've got to throw Strowman in there. Yeah, and that'd be that'd be a lot better too than just having him like do the Alexa Bliss thing and just cash in afterwards. Yes, I think he's gonna. I think because they haven't done this in a while. I think they're gonna have Strowman do the I'm cashing it in for this future date, mm-hmm. like cash in. So yeah, like fucking straight up call out Lesnar. Be like, bitch, I'm yeah. fighting you at SummerSlam. Yeah, my this contract guarantees me that, so you have to show up. Like, yep, exactly. Got to show up to work and get these hands. <laughs> I'm not finished with you yet. Mm. Uh, but you say, main, the main events, though, we mm. had two very good main events on Raw and SmackDown. Mm. Uh, over on Raw, we had Ziggler and Seth put on a clinic for the IC Championship. And then we had Daniel Bryan versus Luke Harper that led to the reunion of Team Hell No on SmackDown. So, 
Yeah, Dolph, Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins really showing why the Intercontinental Championship is called the workhorse title. Ha- they went like a half hour. Yeah. Their entrances were at like 1030. And I was like, there's nothing else on this show. Like, this is it. Yep. It's like, holy shit. And they just let them go to fucking town. Yeah. And loved the finish. That was great. <laughs> yeah. It was just like a fucking solid match all around. Mm-hmm. But it was it was like a solid match with those two in the ring. You had Drew on the outside adding his like flavor into it with getting involved. And then, I mean, Roman got cheered because he's coming out to Seth's aid. So that's a good way to book Roman. Yes. Yes. People like Roman Reigns when he is Seth, Ro- Seth, uh, uh, Seth Rollins <laughs> or Dean Ambrose's friend. When he yes. is a part of their shield, people like him. Yeah. But when he's by himself, they're like, nope, fuck this. Nope, we know what you're trying to do. <laughs> Whole lot of nope. <laughs> Whole lot of nope. Absolutely not. But, you know, they, these two should absolutely deserve to be the main event. They killed it. Mm. Can you imagine, like, anybody else? They were like, if we had to fucking go after that, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Man, I wonder well, what, like, uh, the dark match was. Do you think it was a tag match? Like, the... Shield Boys versus a uh, Death and or Death and I was about to call him Death and Drolf, <laughs> <laughs> Dolph and Drew, Drolf, <laughs> Death and Drolf. That's like a really weird uh, metal band. I was gonna say, is that Dolph's like alternate personality? <laughs> yes, Death Drolfer. Um, I'm sure it was something like that. They usually have, and then the faces probably went over to send the crowd home happy. So. Mm. Yep. Give him that baby face pop. Yeah. Uh, 205 Live got spiced up a little bit this week uh, with the addition of Leo Rush. Yeah, what did you what did you think of him? I thought they he was booked perfectly, man. He hit that character of just being the cocky young guy like on this 205 roster, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be great. Oh my gosh. And also just like a, a fucking hilarious little side note. In NXT this week, wasn't it fucking hilarious seeing Kona Reeves try and do the Leo Rush gimmick and just fucking suck at it? Yeah. And then Leo Rush does it really well. Like, I, you have to, like, step back and think, like, oh, right, these are filmed at, like, different times. Mm-hmm. But, like, since somebody, like, be looking at that kind of continuity and being like, ooh, this might not be a good matchup this week. Like... <laughs> Well, you know what? I really hope that somebody just watched those two, because you know, it was Tuesday and then Wednesday, and then was just yeah. like, all right, this Kona Reeves guy, like, he sucks. He, at the very least, he can't be doing this gimmick anymore. Like, yeah. he d- cannot make this gimmick work. <laughs> Especially when, like, I know they're separate shows, but people watch a lot of this stuff, so you, you can't have Leo Rush mm-hmm. doing it so well on 205 Live, and then Kona Reeves not doing it well at all on NXT, like... It's just gonna look bad. Yep, it just it just looks bad. It's just bad. But yeah, Leo Leo Rush was excellent, and I thought too like every every bit of that it, it, like the match was really well done. Like the entrance mm-hmm. coming in, and because people were excited initially for him coming in, so he was getting cheered, especially against a nobody. But then like he did a really good job of like all right, he turned those cheers all the way into booze before yeah. he even laid a single match or a single move on the guy. That's. That just he he's ready for the main roster. You can tell from that. 
Yeah, I mean, he did a really great job. And then you know, just starting it off, too, with that really big, disrespectful bitch slap. Yeah. Like, he did a great job in this match of just being an absolutely cocky piece of shit heel. And uh, I like the the tease, because they, they, they cut after his match. They did, like, a jump cut from him to Cedric Alexander. So I, I, mm-hmm. so I think they're teasing at some point he's going to try and challenge Alexander. And I think he wouldn't... I don't wouldn't I wouldn't like to see him beat Alexander. I think it would make a lot of sense for him to lose. But that would be like the kind of guy that's like, hey, you know what? Someday I'm gonna be just as good as you, if not better. Kind of like a prince versus the king, like when they did a uh Prince Puma and Rey Mysterio. Yes. Which underground recently. Yeah, like the um master and student type of Exactly. Yeah, like the generational battle, as yes. it were. Uh, what else did we have this week? Uh, oh, yeah, oh Gulak. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, and uh, you brought up a really good idea. You think he might be, like, Rey Mysterio's Yeah, I opponent think, if he comes back. Yeah, he's been doing this feud here with uh, Lucha Underground. Or not Lucha Underground. Uh, Lucha House Party. <laughs> the whole, a little bit. The, all the whole of Lucha promotion. This is true Gulak. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's been fighting Lucha House Party here, and he fucking decimated them this time and he did a lot of a lot of mask ripping and then this week we just got a commercial for the return of Rey Mysterio into the video games and there's been a lot of rumors going around that maybe Mysterio will be coming back maybe to actually wrestle for WWE pretty soon yeah latest rumor I heard is that he signed a three-year deal but I haven't seen anything else of that so I'm leaving it as entirely a rumor right now so I mean shit like if he comes back and if he's if he's going to be around a little while I mean, they probably want to put him on one of the main shows, but if they also, for example, wanted to put him on 205 Live, I bet they could fucking really start bumping up the numbers on that show. I think even if you bring... Like, I know they haven't been doing it recently. they kind of been keeping 205 Live separate. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, have Mysterio back on, like, Raw. But then have Drew Gulak come in like they used to have and have, like, a 205 Live match on Raw or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Yeah, there you go. You could, like, feature the Cruiserweights on Raw again. Because aren't they still technically supposed to be part of the Raw roster? Technically, yes, but they just haven't been appearing lately. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple articles, but I haven't like read as to why that is. Yeah. So, I, I don't even know what that fucking situation is supposed to be at this point. Yeah. But, yeah, it'd be great to have Mysterio come back and do a match with Gulak. I'd love How good was that commercial, too, for him coming back? That was pretty cool. I dug that. Yeah. Uh, if people haven't uh, that are listening haven't seen it yet uh it's basically a whole bunch of like the current superstars like daniel bryan Miz, uh bobby rude charlotte i can't remember AJ styles aj yeah and they all are wearing Rey mysterio masks and pull them off and say something about him so like uh oh jeff hardy like mm-hmm. t- takes those off and says like uh daredevil or something like that so mm-hmm. Yeah, like they all they all say something similar, something about themselves, but it's also something about Rey Mysterio, right? Yeah, like <laughs> Bobby Roode is the best. glorious. Yeah. That's the only thing, man. Bobby Roode is like such a weirdly one-dimensional character. Yeah, or like maybe I don't even know if he's a full one-dimensional character. He might be like a half-dimensional character because he's just a catchphrase. Like he's a single word. Yeah. I don't know. They got to figure out something with him. Something to do. You know what? They should fucking put up with the fashion police. I think we had a pretty good idea about that a while ago. Or yeah. Or all raw. You know, fucking just 
that'd be a great little stable. They're also doing fucking nothing with the fashion police. Yeah. Doing nothing with a lot of people. They have, like, these these couple, like, really great storylines, and then everything else just kind of, like, flatlining. Yep. That is, I will... They... Go ahead. I was just going to say, that is the only compliment I've ever given Vince Russo, is that at least when he was writing Raw, everyone had a story. Hmm. Yeah, like, it might not be a good story, but at least everybody had one. Yeah, everyone was featured in some way, right? Like, you knew, you were like, the Godfather is doing this, all the way up to Triple H has this. So, like, everyone from the bottom of the totem pole to the top had something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, alright, so then, this begs the question, too, of, like, what the fuck is going on in that writer's room? Like, who the fuck pitched and why did they pitch the segment of Braun Strowman just flipping over Kevin Owens' car? Oh, yeah. Like, what and the then just fuck? walking away. Yeah, and then just walking away. Like, what the hell was all that? Oh, and the val- that was the- There's no fucking valet at these arenas. Like, Because also, like, the way they set up the shot, here's the weird part of it, too. So, like, Kevin Owens comes up. He yeah. asks for his keys from the valet. The valet says, you know, I don't have your keys, whatever. What do you mean? He looks over, sees Braun Strowman on his left. And then he shows him, it's like, oh, I've got the keys, whatever, throws him the keys, and then shows him that your car's on the other side. So Braun Strowman got his car, brought him over to the right side of where Kevin Owens is going to be, flipped the car, then got out, took the keys, went to the other side of that entrance ramp area, and waited. (laughs) While the valet is in perfect sight of both Braun Strowman and the flipped car, (laughs) knowing that this guy probably bullied him for the keys like five minutes before. And then has to just wait until Kevin Owens comes out. And then ask him for his keys and has to tell him <laughs> that your keys are over there. I don't have them. Oh my god, that's the greatest takedown of this segment. Like, <laughs> like, I the... thought another one I heard was someone was like, how bad is Kevin Owens' peripheral vision that he walks out and doesn't see Braun Strowman to his left and a burning car on his right? <laughs> yeah, a burning car that's his own car. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like, this segment was so stupid. Yeah, I hadn't thought about, like, the setup. (laughs) Drove it over to the one side, flipped it, walked to the other side. While he took the keys out, walked back over and waited. (laughs) And they were out in California. It's sunny and hot out there. Oh my gosh. You know what? At least he's got the briefcase, right? Maybe he was holding that up for some shade. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, or, or maybe you think he was waiting under the umbrella with the valet until Kevin Owens came out and then he yeah. had to run away and hide he, that, that's why he was on the opposite side he just had to pick a side and go <laughs> oh my gosh yeah this this shit was so weird why are also, they not going to counseling why does Braun Strowman <laughs> have to go to counseling <laughs> Oh my god, I think Braun and Owens would be great with Dr. Shelby. I think that would be hilarious. Oh my gosh, that would be hilarious. They should oh. do that. Man, you know what? Fuck, too, it's like one week. Couldn't Sammy have just lasted a little bit longer? I would have loved to have seen Sammy Zayn with Dr. Shelby, too. I think that yes. would have been funny. <laughs> Sammy would totally... Like, Sammy and Owens in, like, the... Uh, the, the sessions would be like Sammy would be sitting there like trying to please Dr. Shelby like be the the straight A student 
and Owens is like the cool slacker type guy. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, you could do that. Or I had another idea too. This would be really fun. What if you did uh like Kevin Owens does something really reprehensible, and then they have to have him like clinically evaluated. So they're saying like, oh well, Doctor Shelby's going to determine whether Kevin Owens is like mentally healthy enough to continue being a WWE employee, yada yada. And then Sami Zayn is saying that there's no like he's basically being like his defendant and also like uh like he he's pretending that he's like a therapist as well. So he's like sitting there alongside Doctor Shelby like taking notes and like you remember like uh how Dennis Reynolds would in a it's always sunny in Philadelphia he would like challenge the therapist. Oh yeah. Like, I would love to have Sami Zayn do that and, like, defend all of, like, Kevin Owens' like, sociopathic behaviors as being, like, perfectly normal. And, like, you don't understand, Dr. Shelby. Like, <laughs> Kevin Owens is actually a model Canadian and world citizen. Like, he's a great man and best friend. <laughs> that would so be many hilarious. possibilities. So I mean, many. At least all at from Dr. Least, Shelby. If they bring in Dr. Shelby next week, they've got to do it. And they've got to not fuck up Bailey and Sasha. They've already fucked up yeah. Bailey so many times. So many times that they had to go all the way to New Zealand to find a new Bailey so they can try it again <laughs> with Dakota Kai. <laughs> like, WWE creative team was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're not going to be able to fix this. Triple H, just get another one. <laughs> Reboot. Yeah. Re- <laughs> the movie industry could do it. Let's do it too. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be fucking hilarious? Like, Dakota Kai eventually comes up to uh, the main roster. And she gets repackaged as just Bailey too. And she's just literally a reboot of Bailey. I, I would love it. It was like a slow process. Like her, she starts dressing like her. She starts like. Yeah, then Bailey starts getting suspicious. Like, what the fuck? Like, are you guys trying to replace me? Like, <laughs> like Dakota starts coming out like as Bailey's doing her entrance, and just behind her, she's trying to mimic the same movements and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like she's trying to be um, oh shit, what's, like an understudy. Yes. Oh, oh, she could get. T- uh, Damien Sandow could come back and be her teacher. <gasps> oh my gosh, that'd be perfect. Yes, Damien Sandow managing Dakota Kai as <laughs> Bailey too, and, <laughs> and then eventually because like she needs to like all right, well I, I know how to be Bailey now, but I just need my big break so that Dakota Kai can injure Bailey backstage and take her spot one day and then become Bailey one <laughs> and part of a whole heinous plot. And then Bailey has to come back and reclaim her name. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm the real Bailey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, and then Sandow can be like her evil manager. Like, oh, because he's, he's the actor who never made it. So he's bitter and jealous and mad. And he's using her. And he's like, yeah, you need me, right? Like, you need my guidance and my coaching and my acting help. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not a convincing Bailey then they'll just get rid of you, and then there'll be Bailey 3. So you need to listen to me. (laughs) You'd be like her pimp. Oh my gosh. Did we stumble upon a a gold mine (laughs) of how to fix both Bailey and give a a job to Dakota Kai and Damien Sandow? (laughs) My god, Joe. We need to be employed by WWE immediately. Yes, definitely. (laughs) They would love us. Um, but speaking of Dakota Kai, though, NXT had another great episode this week. Mm. Uh, we had advancement in the Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano storyline, where Tommaso seems to want to move on and go for the title mm. against Aleister Black. 
But uh, Johnny Gargano is not done with Tommaso yet. This this is actually super interesting and perfect because you could go kind of like two different ways with this, right? Mm. Like because uh, Johnny Gargano once challenged Alistair Black for the title, and Char- uh, Champa cost him the title match. Oh, so you could, yeah. You could mirror that in that Champ is going for the title now. Champa gets a title match, and then Gargano costs him the match, which then would lead to Gargano Champa three, or. You could have Champa beat Alistair Black, have Alistair go up to the main roster, and then you have Gargano Champa three, but this time it's for the title. I, don't know I like it better. They're both like, man. I think you could go either way, and it'll work. I guess like the question, my thought is this: I think it would almost be a lot smarter to go. And put the title onto this feud because, like, that's been a super legitimate criticism and an unfortunate circumstance of Alistair Black's title reign is that he's constantly having to play second banana to Gargano and Black. And even if, like, all right, so let's say that the title match is not um, Gargano and Champa 3, and it's Alistair mm. Black against somebody. Who would be yeah. his opponent? Ricochet? EC3, maybe? Like, maybe do champion versus champion versus Adam Cole, but he already fought Adam Cole on a takeover. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't know who would be a good option for him. And of all those options, none of those would trump the third uh, Champa Gargano, right? Like, maybe Adam Cole? Yeah, like, that'd be the only one, maybe, is if it was like champion versus champion, and maybe if it was like a double title match or something, but like, I feel like that would not be a good idea because <laughs> that would just be like a booking nightmare like i don't think you would want a double champion right now like the north north american championship is way too new yeah that but I they're think... definitely they're booking that a little bit better than they they're booking the nxt title so true so i think that i think this would be a much smarter option is like just give it to champa because like if champa gargano happens that's going to be the main event anyway so let's mm. fucking put like this is the feud so like let's put the title into this feud. So if you if you give the like say you have uh Champa go against Black at this next pay per view, yeah, uh, he gets a title, and then uh, maybe in between Gargano fights like EC three, or something like that for example, in like a number like a number one contender type match, then he can win and then get that championship or the championship opportunity to go against Champa one more time, and then that'd be the main event of. I don't know, I guess what would be, like, either, like, Survivor Series or Royal Rumble, like, one of those kind of weekends. Yeah. And then shit, because, like, if, if you had, like, say, for example, if it was Royal Rumble, because, like, uh, if, if well, no, what would we got? SummerSlam's next? SummerSlam's the next big one, and then Survivor Series. So, if Champa gets the title at SummerSlam... Unless they do another one of those random takeovers where that's not surrounded by a WWE pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think they have enough time, right? Because SummerSlam's only in uh, August, right? Correct. And so, then yeah. you have Survivor Series in November. Yeah, so I I feel like there's probably not going to be any in between those. So if Champa gets the title at SummerSlam, then Alistair Black either goes up to the main roster immediately, or maybe sticks around a little bit, but then goes up. Um, then do you have Champa Gargano three at Survivor Series? Probably. Can they hold it off that long? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, they could definitely... Because you would just have to do one last build to that uh, title match. Mm, true. Because you've got uh, from... What is it? Uh, the, the, the SummerSlam to Survivor Series is like three months. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got like the... Alistair Black would have to like kind of go up to the main roster in that time period. You'd have our Gargano finishing up whoever he was fighting with. Maybe fight a couple other guys for the lat, like the number one contendership. Maybe Champa defends against one or two other guys. Like, I don't know, maybe Ricochet gets a title shot at some point, like just on NXT. Yeah, just to spice it up a little bit, right? Like, right. he doesn't have to win it, just do the title match. Exactly. You know, just get really close, but still fall short. Like, you know, put Champa over a little bit. Yeah, and then Champa could drop it to Gargano. And what I that would be like the hottest NXT title win in a really long time. Yes, I you'd probably have to go back to who who was the last big win? I feel like the last one maybe on that level would have been like Sami Zayn. Yeah, yeah, I think That's you're right. And that'd be fucking awesome. I would really hope that they would let Gargano really just have like a lengthy reign. Because the yeah. fact that he's even still in NXT right now, like after having just lost that match, is like, man, like I thought that was a really good opportunity to send him up. But if they're going to keep him around, then like, fuck it. Let's let's blow this feud all the fucking way up. Get Champa out of there. And then let Gargano just be Mr. NXT. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's, I feel like he's been there longer in, like, a prominent role than, like, anybody. In a prominent role, yes. Um, Because you had, like, Tyler Breeze was there for a while, but, like, wasn't always in the prominent role. Uh, Sami Zayn was there for a while, but wasn't always in a prominent role. Like, you have Gargano pretty much, I mean, from the start was in a prominent role. Yeah. And, I mean, he's he's in he's so fucking beloved right now that he's yeah. made evented over the champion two times in a row. Yes. So yeah, like I feel like, and I th- I think they see this too. I think they know they got to yeah. put the title on him. It'd be it'd be such a, a brilliant. It'd be so stupid for them not to. Mm-hmm. And he's the type of guy too. Like he's so, he's so Johnny wrestling. He's so fucking, like he's such a, such a good like perfect little baby face that you could put him against just a a slew of heels. Like that part of the problem with Alistair Black is he's almost too powerful. There's a lot of guys you can't put against him and make it look convincing. He's also like somewhat heelish himself, right? Like he's he's a different type of character. Yeah, yeah like Jar- Johnny Gargano. Like you could have him defend the title against guys like Tommaso Ciampa. You could have him defend against Alistair Black. You could have him defend against EC3. You could have him yeah. defend against Ricochet. You could have him defend against Velveteen Dream. You could have him. And it would all against, work. Yeah, like yeah. all that would work. That'd be awesome. So, I think, and you could give him, like, a really just lengthy reign, too. Like, people fucking love him. I think they'd be into him for a while. Yes. Because, like, they haven't really had a guy to be that NXT champion for a long time in a while. Since, like, Neville slash Bo Dallas. Hmm. I want to say... I don't know. I feel like there was a... There was a... mm, Yeah, I don't know. Because it just kept kind of being, like the next guy who's going to go up, right? It never felt like this guy's oh, going to be what? here for a long Balor. time. Oh, you know what? I think I'm forgetting. I think Balor had a pretty long reign. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, I guess Balor did have a pretty lengthy reign. You're right. Yeah, because yeah, Zane was short. Owens was short. Uh, yeah, because you, I, I, you were saying, like, 
at a certain point, it got to whoever was the next big signing just came in and got it. Right. Like you, yeah, you'd either get it right away or you'd have it for a little bit. Well, you know, another one of the great surprise title reigns, even though it wasn't that long, like Andre de Cien Almas, I Ooh, think was an awesome true. NXT champion. Yes. Because he put on some killer matches. Should have just stayed down in NXT, but... <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Like, is that their heel tactic? Is like, oh, we just want to keep teasing him to be on TV, but that he's never just going to be on TV. So people will get mad. Like, And same thing with, like, Saturday. They were like, they're coming months later. Hey, they're finally here. <laughs> yeah, now they're here. And, they, hey, they challenged for uh, the U.S. title, lost, and then had a tag team match, yeah. which they also lost. Hmm. So we're doing great. Well, you know, um, I wonder, I wonder how long it's going to be until they have to do like the breakup angle, right? Because like I feel like Sanity, it's it's clearly written on there that like Killian Dane is the star in that group. At some point, he's going to have to like break off and just kick Eric Young's ass, and then be like, "I'm going to go be a big monster because I'm better than you." Yeah, and I think like Eric, like he's not going to have the the big run, right? No, so. absolutely not. Dude, he's like he's old as shit. He looks like, I mean, look at him. He looks like Eric Young. <laughs> They're not gonna do shit with that guy. But you know, he can still put over some other guys and help them get better, and you know, still make a decent living for a couple years, maybe. But yeah, like if if anybody thinks, you know, honestly, dude, like him winning the U.S. title would have been like probably the greatest thing they were gonna do with him if they had given him that. Like I don't even see him winning an, a mid card title. I see like I and that that's at this point too, there's too many other better tag team options in the tag team division too. I don't even think that they're gonna win the tag titles. Mm-hmm. I think this is just maybe gonna be there for like they're gonna gonna be a feeder group for a little bit until eventually they decide they're like, all right, fuck it, we wanna make Killian or we're gonna see what we have of Killian Dane. And then he's just gonna kill off Eric Young. Which is fair. Yep. Although Alexander Wolf is pretty talented, so hopefully they'll still find a place for him. Like maybe he can still be in a tag team with somebody. I want to see him and Sammy in a tag team. Hmm. They're both like that. I don't know. I see uh, him as like a ska guy, like Zayn is. So maybe. I don't know. I don't know what kind of music he listens to. But they're, they're both like, but they're both like lanky. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. They just feel like they they go together. Also, I wonder how big he is. Like, is he a possible like guy that could go on two hundred five live? I think he, uh, I think he's a little bit too big. Alexander nah, Wolf. Can look it up. But I like, I feel like he'd be the kind of guy that like if they could get him on two hundred five live, then maybe that would be good. But I don't know. Like at the same time, like he actually of of all the people in Sanity, I think he's probably the one that I've enjoyed being in Sanity the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he would have to lose 40 pounds to go on to 205 Oof. Live. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, no, no 205 Live for Alexander Wolf. Unless you want to see him hardcore <laughs> fast in order to. Alright, he just has to chop off one leg. Then he can, <laughs> then he can compete in 205 Live. That's worth it, right? Yeah, totally. No. Uh, yeah, then that, well, there'd be no way he could keep up with Leo Rush then if he's only got one leg. Shit. He just <laughs> hey, kick out the one Zach, leg and it's over. Zach Gowan can teach him how. 
Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. I totally forgot about Zach Gowan. Yeah. You, but you know who I didn't forget about, Joe? Who? One of the new debuts over on Lucha Underground. We got Exolicious. Ah. Yes. In their first match on Lucha Underground, taking on Jack Evans. What did you think of uh, Exolicious? I thought a fantastic debut. Um, Jack Evans was a perfect opponent, mm-hmm. um, and just really showed off. Like Exo can, it seems like can fit any style. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I was really impressed with how much they were able to do. Because mm-hmm. like I really thought that they were just going to be like a purely kind of like comedy character sort of wrestler, in the same way like a uh, Pimpinella was. Yeah, but then it was like, holy shit! No way! This guy's busting out all sorts of crazy moves. Like this guy's actually yeah. like a really good wrestler too. So I dug it. I thought Exolicious was awesome, and yeah, Jack Evans was a great opponent. Um, let's see what else was awesome. For- oh yeah, also, looks like we're gonna be getting a cage challenging soon for the title against Pentagon. Yes, so um, that'll be exciting. Came out and attacked him. Mm-hmm. And we had a three-way to the grave match. Yes, the uh, three-way uh, coffin match between mm-hmm. Jeremiah Crane, Phoenix, and Mil Muertes. With is... Mil coming out on top. Yeah, this was a big surprise. I'm trying to remember through the history of it. I think that he's he's won a couple of these, but he's also lost quite a lot. Of I feel them. like he's lost more, right? Yeah, to go like, to go along with his gimmick, like he's the man of a thousand deaths. So it's just like, oh yeah, we can kill Mill. Like he's gonna come back. Yeah, but then he so he killed off Phoenix and Jeremiah Crane. Which uh, so Jeremiah Crane he got uh, got a little retribution from Evelise, who came back and just fucked him up with a hammer. Like holy shit, that was awesome. What did you think of that? I thought that was great. I thought it was. Because uh, we haven't seen Ivelisse this season, right? That was their first appearance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just a nice going of, like, hey, remember that storyline from last season? Like, Yeah, because uh, for those who don't remember, uh, at Ultima Lucha 3, Ultima Lucha Trace, uh, Jeremiah Crane had taken out Ivelisse with a hammer. Yes. Took out her legs. So uh, this is some revenge. And uh, perfectly timed, because then it just fucked him up and threw him into the casket. He was donezo. Yep. And it was a dish best served cold. Yeah. Very cold, that revenge. Um, but then Phoenix also fell, which I was I was kind of surprised. Like, I thought Phoenix was winning this. Yeah, I figured Phoenix was going to win this. Mm-hmm. But uh, it looks like we'll get... And I'd love to... Like, so The thing that's really cool about Lucha Underground is when people go through these big losses and whatnot, usually then they come back like better than ever in some sort of different transformation. Yeah. So like with Phoenix, I I wonder like he might get some sort of like slight alteration because he's kind of done this a couple times, and also his gimmick is you know being able to come back to life kind of. Yeah. But with Jeremiah Crane, like I think we're gonna get to see like a really different side of him when he eventually comes back this season. Yeah. I assume if he comes back this season, which he probably will. I I think he will. Uh, his alter ego of uh, Sammy Callahan has talked about. Like being on Lucha Underground plus Impact plus like mm. yeah yeah so that's some fucking exciting shit I'm excited for that and then we also get a a big reveal that at the end of this apparently Matanza when he was uh had the god like put into him or whatnot through the ancient mm. Aztec ritual that his father had asked for there to be some small sliver of his humanity 
to remain, and that that soul would be preserved in the key that Dario would always wave around, which, you know, it would always kind of seem like that was the key to his cell. Mm-hmm. But I guess that was the key to his soul. <laughs> and uh, now we see that Antonio Cueto, uh, or Dario in disguise, has destroyed the key. So now Matanza yes. is going to become 0% human, 100% god, stronger than ever. Yet another example, Full right? Because, like, he just he just lost a Pentagon, so now he's yeah. going to come back stronger than ever. Yeah. That's, Lucha Underground has always been... That's been one of their great strengths, is mm-hmm. being able to have guys lose and make a comeback. Yeah, and actually, like, booking people really well, despite winning or losing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a big lesson that WWE could take from. Yes. And uh, right. see, I think there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, which was just the uh, the UK stuff, because uh, UK NXT seems to be kind of capping off or starting off with this tournament, the UK Championship Tournament 2, which had uh, some very exciting action coming out of it, too, because like, uh, we had Zach Gibson winning the tournament. Which yes. Is, uh, you know, I watched some of it. I didn't watch all of it. Like I watched um, the special they put on the network, but I didn't watch like all of the first round matches. No, neither did I. I only caught day two, so. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, we see on day two, you know, Gibson challenges for the title. Mm-hmm. We also got to see uh, British Strong Style winning Win the, the NXT the... tag titles from Undisputed mm-hmm. Era. Yep. That was a killer match. What did you think yes, of that one? Yes, it was. That was fantastic. Very fucking exciting. Yeah. I mean, uh, Those guys just, like, any, any versions of, like, singles matches, tag teams, three-man tags, whatever you want to do with... Uh, undisputed and british strong style it's fantastic yeah that's you're right those are two very solid groups like every single person in both those groups is like a phenomenal talent yeah so yeah it was really great to see like i think that actually that actually stole the show for me over uh pete dunn's match with gibson yeah because that was like good and then that Mm -hmm. that i I, and i'm not trying to take away from it it was a great match but There's just something about British Strong Style and Undisputed that they just click really well. They click really well, and I, I also, I'm going to give it a little bit to the fact that they had a title change. I think that was a really exciting and well-timed, like, very good title change. Yeah. So I think that really helped put over the match. Like, the, the, the finish was really good. And we also had the big, big announcement that NXT UK is becoming its own brand. With right. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Saint is going to be the commissioner, so I thought that was a that's definitely a cool thing. They're expanding, so it's nice, right? And then you got Pete Dunne at the helm. It looks like you mm-hmm. probably have a. I assume with this little NXT tag title run, this will be their little proving for, uh, like the little moment of proof that like all right, uh, Mustache Mountain is the top like UK tag team. Yes. So then that would give them even more legitimacy for kind of either being the first NXT UK tag champions or challenging maybe like the Coffee Brothers. Because I feel like that's kind of going to be like the main two teams they go for for the tag titles. Yeah, I think that was the main reason for having the Coffee Brothers in this tournament is mm-hmm. to um, bring in another British tag team. Yep. Like an established one, not just putting like two guys together. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, we got that. And then... I you know I could totally see like Tony Storm being like mm-hmm. the NXT Women's Champ or NXT Women's Champion for the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I think like that's probably going to be established a little later with this next round of the May Young Classic. I think they'll probably bring in maybe mm. uh, more British women. 
do you think they would do like an exclusively? I don't uh, think exclusively, but just bring in more, right? Because right now we pretty much only have Tony Storm. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they had um, I'm trying to remember. They had those other two girls on there, but I can't remember who they were. Uh, Charlie Morgan, and then there was that Portuguese girl whose name I can't remember mm. right now. Yeah, true. And they don't have to be British, right? It could just be more of like a European type league, right? That's true. Yeah, I guess that, that's kind of going to be the question, right? Is like, how strictly is UK going to be UK? Because also at the same time, like, you know, Tony Storm is from Australia. Like, she's not even from the UK. And then Noam Dar is from Germany, right? Uh, Scotland via Israel. Oh, okay. Okay. So he, he counts more than she does. Yeah. At least Scotland's a part of the UK. Yeah. Or no, wait, aren't they, did they did they declare independence or Scotland? Yeah. You know what? I have not keeping up with Scottish politics well enough to answer that question, Joe. Unfortunately, <laughs> I just know that 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 one point they were voting whether they were gonna be a part of the That's UK true. or not anymore. So you're right. I feel like okay, they're still happened. a part of the UK. Yeah. Okay, they are. Well, all right, then Noam Dar, you can be the UK champion. Yes. <laughs> but you'd have to beat Pete Dunne, and I don't see that happening. See, man, sorry. Right. This is this is the other thing. I wanted to level one last point before we sign off there as a piece of criticism. Something yeah. I've, I've seen making the rounds on the internet that I think is kind of funny and interesting and stupid at the same time <laughs> is people complain about this whole... Um, yeah, like when Brock Lesnar just recently surpassed CM Punk in his title reign and whatnot, and then they're like, you know, trying to say some sort of shit about that, and then so somebody will, or basically somebody who's like an anti WWE fan will basically call him out on that and say like, oh, well, this is fucking stupid. Lesnar shouldn't have done this. This is bullshit. He never defends a title. And then somebody in response to that, who's like an anti New Japan person, will be like, oh, well, look at how many times Okada defended the title and how long he had it. And, you know, it's a very small amount of defenses compared to Punk's, but it's still, like, a little bit more than Lesnar's. But over the time period, it's still not a lot of defenses. Mm -hmm. To all of those stupid motherfuckers, because obviously you're probably just trolling. Like, I'm 95% sure you'd just be trolling because, it, like, it's obviously very different. But in case you're actually that stupid to think that putting up the number of Okada's title defenses as legitimate defense of the amount of times that Brock Lesnar has defended his title let me just point out the very simple observation of the quality of those matches I'm not even going to bring into the fact the other matches that Okada just wrestles outside of title defenses I'm not even going to bring that into consideration just bring into consideration the quality of those title matches Okada consistently puts out very good matches against Omega. They're the fucking greatest matches, but against other people, they're also very good. Brock Lesnar on a consistent basis without fail churns out fucking garbage matches. He sucks. Every single one of his title defenses have been ass. Brock Lesnar sucks. Fuck him. And that's it for me. Anything else for you? No, I'm good. I think we should cut it off there. <laughs> God damn it, I hate Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I couldn't tell. And you know what? This is why WWE's going to fail. I'm still not cheering Roman Reigns. 
and I really hate Brock Lesnar. <laughs> it's not gonna work, Vince. It's not gonna work. <sighs> Alright. That took a lot of energy out of me. I think it's gonna be it for me. Me too. <laughs> Alright, let's sign off and get out of here. <laughs>